Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We're joined today by Tim DeLeon, realtor and founder of the visual pricing system called Focus First. Prior to his real estate career, Tim was a 25-year veteran of Hewlett-Packard, where he focused on research, development, and marketing. His passion for data analysis fueled his desire to merge technology with his need to help customers accurately understand the market. Tim, through Focus First, developed several applications to show customers what's going on in the market and how that impacts their decisions in pricing and marketing their home. These visual tools are now available to agents in over 400 different MLS areas throughout the United States and Canada. Tim is married to his wife, Joanne, a top-producing realtor for the Group Incorporated in northern Colorado and also a partner in Focus First. Together, they're committed to raising the bar of knowledge and expertise in the realtor community. Now, let's welcome Tim to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. You know, I just had the epiphany. Tim Ventura was reading the intro. I'm Tim Harris, and we're about to interview Tim. <laughs> Tim DeLon. DeLon. So that's a little too many Tims, perhaps. Tim, listen, welcome to our, our, our podcast, our radio show today. And one of the reasons that I was really interested in having you on the show was because actually we had a listener who wrote me a really impassioned uh, sort of testimonial for you. And, um, he, you know, he basically expressed how he had your CMA tool, your presentation tool, and it allowed him to feel comfortable and confident when presenting to sellers. And any time I know of a way to make it so that any agent of any level of experience can feel more comfortable and confident in front of a seller, I'm very interested in what that uh, vendor has to say. So welcome to the radio show, and thank you very much for being my co-host. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tim. Thanks for inviting me. Um, I appreciate that raving fan. Actually, we have a lot of raving fans, people that just swear by our tool. Uh, across the U.S. and Canada, as you mentioned. So we're excited. Um, our goal is to change the face of real estate and how real estate uh, realtors uh, price properties. Um, and some people have said that we've already done that. So we're excited. Huh. I like I like small, easy to obtain goals. <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. That's like the that's like a big, big goal. No, it's it's cool because it's definitely going to be. A, there has to be. I know there's a lot of people out there that make CMA tools, right? Most MLSs come up with some sort of whiz bang CMA tool. A lot of CRMs have a CMA tool, but none of them really go very much on the visual side. They're way too analytical, really, to the point of maybe making it so that the the, uh, the sales agent, the real estate agent, is a little uncomfortable presenting the information. Um, and so that's the thing I liked about your product is it's basically visual it's visual pricing systems. Can you explain to the listeners what the heck a visual pricing system really is? Yeah, absolutely. Matter of fact, I, there's a couple things you point out. First of all, like you said, there are lots of CMA tools out there, and for the most part, when you use them, they give you a number, you know, just some number, mm -hmm. and you're kind of looking like, where'd that number come from? Or when you go <laughs> and you're hoping that, the seller doesn't ask. Right? Yes, because they, now yeah. we the area I live in, there's a lot of engineer types over here, and if you just come up with a number, let me tell you, they're going to ask you where'd that number come from? How'd you come up with mm -hmm. that number? Um, and so, uh, the neat thing about the visual pricing system is it doesn't just come up with a number. Um, first of all, uh, the key thing is we're realtors ourselves, 
Okay, so we know the realtor experience, and just to come up with a number and go on in front of a kitchen table or in your office and try to explain a number is really challenging. So the best thing we do is we show that visually. And what we've done, one of the neat tools we actually have, Tim, we have several tools. Um, one of the neat tools we have is what we call a scattergram pricing tool. We put the properties on a scattergram, and we love the scattergram pricing tool because when we price properties, Tim, we like to look at five factors. Now, the most important factor is location. So what we suggest is you only put properties on the scattergram in comparable location. In most cases, we look at a subdivision or area around the subject property. Uh, second thing we like to look at is price and size of homes that sold, and that is really seen on a scattergram. And the last two things are special features and condition. And in most cases where the uh, properties are in the same subdivision or neighborhood, you'll see a strong correlation between price and size. You can show that to the customer. The customer can see exactly where he needs to be priced at by looking at the property on the scattergram. It's an amazing tool. Well, and it's a tool where it's, it gets away from you giving the answer to the customer. Um, instead of you just saying, here's where I think you should be priced at, you show the the uh, scattergram tool, you show the the trend line there, what we call the fair market value line. You ask the customer, do you know the size of your home? He can see it, and he can see right where he fits on the fair market value line, and it makes for an easy, powerful presentation to the customer. Well, so, I mean, here it is, you and I are talking about this really incredible visual thing, and, and you know, we're on a podcast, so we're kind of at a disadvantage. But listeners, if you're listening to us on iTunes and whatever, we're going to put a sample scattergram, so Tim, please do send me a, a good one. And Gina, please do post it in the article, and, and let's just make it so these guys can see what you're talking about. Now, I know what that is. Um, because obviously I've seen graphs like that before, but really what it is is showing uh, it's taking the data, it's taking out of you know flowcharts, uh, rather it's taking it out of spreadsheets and putting it into a, a sort of a pictorial where they can look at this graph that kind of tells them their greatest likelihood of selling if they fall in this particular pricing quadrant. Is that am I oversimplifying the concept, or is that how it works? No, I think I think that makes it makes it clear. Now there's a bunch there's other graphs. Matter of fact, what I sent to uh, Gina was a uh, um, uh, um, a whole uh, presentation, okay? The scattergram pricing okay. is one component of the presentation. One of the things we like to talk about, Tim, is we're not here just to help you create a price or find the price. We're here to help you create a pricing strategy. And now someone says, well, what's the difference between a price and the pricing strategy? Well, there's several other graphs to help you look at the overall pricing model. Um, and the example I actually gave um, to you guys to share with the folks is really a great example. And here's why it's a great example. Because it's an actual market analysis that I did for an area that I don't even sell real estate in. I mean, for the most mm. part, I'm located here in Colorado. I'm about 60 miles north of, of uh, Denver uh, in a city called Fort Collins. And I sell real estate, even though I have a Colorado real estate license, I primarily sell real estate in northern Colorado area, basically. And I had an extreme situation where my niece called me up and asked me if I could sell her home, but she needed to sell it over the weekend. Kind of a huh. challenge. In most cases, now she lives um, in an area south of Denver called Highlands Ranch. In most cases, I have lots of great realtor friends. I just referred down there um, and such, but she said, I needed to get it sold this weekend, and it was extenuating circumstances. And I said, and she, she asked me, well, well, Uncle Tim, can you do this for me? And I said, I don't know. Let me look at it. Now, you know, Tim, I, this might sound like I'm a bad uncle, but I had never actually seen her house. 
<laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure out if I can get her house sold this weekend. I've never seen her house in an area that I basically have never sold real estate in. And so I was able to use our visual pricing tools. And you'll look and see from that uh, market analysis I'm sending out, there's a set of powerful tools. I was able to look at that, and I was actually able to predict her experience. Um, and it's really a great story, basically. I was able to look at it, and out here in that area, um, I actually, we have a, a, several tools. We have the odds of selling chart. We have the time to sell chart, the buying pattern, which all are based on uh, uh, activity that's customized and specific to the customer profile. Now, when I say customized and specific, one of the things you'll see about our tool, Tim, that's really powerful is it still involves a realtor judgment, okay? I mean, again, like I said, we're realtors ourselves. We value the, the, the value that realtors provide. We think realtors provide incredible value to their customers. And so what that allows the customer to do or what that allows a realtor to do is go into their MLS, do a search that matches the customer profile. Now, 70% of the time, Tim, that's just based on location. In this case, it's just based on location as well. Now, it turns out in Highlands Ranch, there wasn't a well-defined subdivision, so we just used the MLS map feature, circled an area around the subject property, exported all that data, and then read that into the visual pricing system. Once we read that into the visual pricing system, several graphs got created for us automatically. Those graphs were able to predict the actual situation and environment that uh, my niece's uh, situation was in. Based on that information, we were able to predict that, man, now this house was around a, a $400,000 price range. But based on the situation, we were able to predict that this was going to be a bidding war for this kind of property. And so, Tim, this was like fearless. We put the property on the market. Now, when we put the property on the market, we did what we call a listing launch, which is since we knew there was going to be um, a potential bidding war situation, we put the house on the market and what we said is, we, um, the house is for sale. We're going to hold off on making a decision, and we're going to look at all offers, and we will make a decision in three days. Now, Tim, when you say that, it's like having a party, and you're hoping people come to it because it's going to be embarrassing if you have a party and nobody shows up. Um, but because of the data we had for that specific situation, we had a pretty good guess that there were going to be multiple offers. And, uh, of course – was over and done with. We actually had seven offers over the weekend. We were able to make a decision that Monday uh, based on that. And so, Tim, with these tools, I personally believe you could airdrop me in any location throughout the U.S. and Canada in any time, and I would be able to do an effective market analysis, and I proved it in this Can situation. You I get it. I understand. You know, here's a kind of a little interesting fallacy or reality of it. It's back in the when there was tons and tons of REOs and BPOs. I mean, there's still tons and tons of BPOs, but they're just being done largely for different reasons than they were back in the housing crash. You know, agents got real efficient at doing BPOs, filling out the bank forms, doing it properly. It would be interesting if your tool could actually be used for doing helping agents do BPOs, because I have a feeling you've probably automated this software to the point where it's, I mean, well, and maybe I don't want to oversimplify it, but is it just drop the address in and it, it, it'll go out and pick the best comps and it already knows it'll pull in the market data? And I mean, So give me an idea of the complexity of how to make this work. Okay, so here's, here's the way it works. So, for example, in most cases, now we, we have actually what we call a five-step process, what we call the visual pricing system process. The first step, mm -hmm. of course, is understanding the subject property. And that's going to really drive your initial search. 
Okay. Now, like I said, 70% of the time, your search is just based on location. Okay. Now, there are some times where you, there might be some differences. Um, for example, if a house, uh, we worked with people who, uh, who uh, realtors who basically have properties in Florida, and sometimes they back up to water. And so you want to, in that case, it's not just based on location. You want to include uh, based on location, but then also include properties on water. So there's some differences and things like that. But for the most part, 70% of the time is just based on location. You just do a search around the location, and then you export those results from your MLS and, and read it into the visual pricing system. Um, so okay, so you're, the agent you that, still – just Tim, 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 let me understand, okay? Yes. So the agent is still having – the agent is still going in and picking out what they deem to be the best comps – and but just so I'm clear, you're suggesting that the comps they choose are. I mean, how much how much time should they spend on that? Or do I hear you correctly? Like you're saying, make sure yes. if you're comping a water property that you're using water property comps. I mean, that that that's an obvious thing. But how much yes. more drilling down do you want them to do when they're choosing these? That's it. Okay. Matter of fact, Tim, uh, one of the things we recommend, along with kind of a, a little nuance, basically, we also recommend people do real estate reviews uh, where they mm -hmm. actually update people on what's going on. But when, when they do these, it should take like now the pricing function takes a little bit longer. We recommend you actually go to the house, not like I did in that situation, but actually visit the house and see what it looks like. So we're not suggesting that you, you price properties without seeing the property. Okay. But really what we're talking about right here for this initial step, Tim is really five minutes. I mean, really you go into okay. your MLS you do a search on all the activity in the subdivision or neighborhood. You export those results. Now, when you, what we do is we recommend you, you include all status activity over the last two years. Now, again, we're on the phone with people all the time with our tool, Tim, and sometimes we're on the phone with people and they'll say, two years of data? My God, we're not going to price property on two-year-old data, are we? And the answer is no, we're not. So why do we... Uh, why are we at, uh, recommending you export data for two years? Mostly because we're looking for trends. Okay, so we're trying okay. to look and see what's the overall trend in the in the area or subdivision based on the last two years of information. We also recommend you export all status activity because one of the things we want to look at is how well are homes selling? And kind of the answer is, well, how many homes are on the market versus what percent of those homes that are on the market are actually selling? And that's right off the bat is going to give you a good indication whether this is going to be a quick and easy sale or whether it's going to be something that's going to take a while to get, get it done. Okay, so just so I'm clear, Julie just actually – she's listening. She asked me a question in chat. She said, can, Julie, are you on? No, she's not. Okay, it's a, let me make sure she's not on. She can ask her. Oh, there's. I think she is on. Uh, Julie, can you hear me? Nope. Okay, so here's the question that she wanted me to ask you. What Does it – you know what? I just found her. <laughs> okay, Julie, you're on here. Now. Okay, yeah, Hi, you're Julie. on here. Oh, sorry, sorry, but, I was so secretly Julie, hovering, so, so my apologies. Well, let me let me set let me set this up for you, okay? So what we when Julie and I sold real estate in Ohio, and we sold it just thousands of houses. We did it for almost ten years. Just you know, what would I wasn't very good at the CMAs. I never was, and Julie was much better at the CMAs. And eventually, Julie oversaw the gal that made our CMAs for us. We were going on typically one or two listing appointments a day, and eventually we had a listing or a listing, for, uh, you know, essentially assistant that would go on appointments uh, for us. And it just got to the point where you know we had to have our CMAs done really quick and at a huge high level. So Julie is the absolute, you know, she spent literally overseeing and directly doing 
probably, I don't know, half of her life doing CMAs. So she's got some very specific <laughs> At questions. At least that's what it felt like, yeah. Yeah, because awesome, CMA, CMA, CMAs are a major part of, um, you know, Julie, we get a ton of questions from agents that don't understand the power yeah. of a really good CMA. Because if you screw up your CMA and you've got a great listing presentation and you have an analytical seller or at least someone that knows a couple of the comps or a couple of market facts that you yeah. don't know, they're not going to list it with you. They're going to have any confidence in you. Yeah. So, Julie, you had a really great question. Yeah, well, it's a good way to lose a listing if you screw it up. And I think that we also have a generation of agents who have been in this starved inventory market where their perception is you can price it wherever you feel like and you're probably going to be okay. But when that changes, it becomes even more important. So my, my question is this. I understand your geographic uh, you know, circle around the neighborhood or area circumference that you want. My question is that once I have that, do I then have the ability to say, throw out anything that is beyond a certain square footage, or can I set up the search in the first place to be only three bedrooms, 1,500 to 1,800 square feet with two-car garages? Because I don't want to have too big of a mishmash. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can I drill down and yeah. get pretty specific? Uh, just in case I run into that scenario that I used to hate where I've got my comps, but then the seller says, I'm so glad we're talking about price, and they pull out their spreadsheet, right? And you, you're yeah. kind of comparing and making sure that your data is accurate. Yeah, so first of all, the answer is yes, okay, because you're just using your MLS to do the export. I mean, one of the things that's powerful about our system is we didn't create a new way to do searches. We didn't create a new way to look at properties. There's no new search thing. And, and the, the reason is, is because most realtors, I mean, they know their MLS. They may not love it, okay, and there's probably most realtors just kind of a love-hate relationship with their MLS, but they do understand it, and they have to use it. So one of the things we did with our approach is we said – we're not going to create a new way for doing searches. They use their MLS the way they know how to, and then all they do is export those results and read into the visual pricing system. So to answer your question, yes. Now, we do recommend, matter of fact, usually when we get on the phone, Julie, and we find people uh, using our scattergram and there's dots all over and they're totally confused, we find in most cases people, if they focus on a location, they're doing much better then if they expand the area and focus on price or focus on size or something like mm -hmm. that. But Makes in sense. some cases, what you're talking about is exactly what they want to do. In some cases, for example, they want to look at the whole city and look at homes priced above a million bucks. Okay. Sure. Um, and so one of the, and that's really thing. One of the things that's powerful about our system is you use your expertise as a realtor to do that initial search. And that, then the data comes as a result of that. That's pretty um, cool. I think actually, actually predict but, the customer. But I mean, that, that's that's the. But Julie, what he's saying is, in essence, is basically what makes it so that real estate agents stay relevant, right? I mean, it's that little yes, new. Yeah. It's that little nuanced information. Julie, I remember when you and I sold real estate. You know, there'd be the house that, like, they're all in this particular area. But guess what? This one's just that much closer to the intersection, or there's a power line, or there's a huge natural gas yeah. pipeline in the backyard. That if you didn't, you know, those are the little nuanced pieces of information, so that not all houses in the, not even all houses on the same street that are the same model. Are always the same, you know. So those, yeah, I, I see the power of that. You know, Tim, well, I, so we, I also yeah. I, just to, and I'm going to remute myself. Sorry to interrupt you guys, but I also was thinking from a buyer agent perspective, where they, you know, a lot of agents are frustrated, thinking that there isn't anything to sell, but what they're focusing is on just what they know. So by using your geographic kind of uh, thirty thousand foot overview, 
they may find property that they never would have seen before because they're exposed to something slightly out of their area that they wouldn't have normally shown and have more success with that regard. And I can also see it having had to do comps on weird kind of semi-rural stuff that doesn't compete within a subdivision. You might compare that, you know, against even a different county if you have to go out to find those comps. So I think it sounds pretty cool. But back to you guys, and I'm remuting. Sorry about well, that. And, yeah. and, and to, nope. and to well, Julie's, point, and to Julie's point right there, that's really good because not all – when you have relocating folks or maybe you're doing a CMA, I mean, we're thinking – we're focusing on sellers. And, Julie, uh, you're muted now. But when when you're looking at this from a macro level – you have relocating uh, you know, buyers. They're going to want information on this. You're going to have folks that are not necessarily looking in a particular, the normal geographic area in which you, you, know, you mainly operate listeners. And they're, looking, they're comparing maybe cities outside of the, your normal geographic comfort zone. And it would be cool to use this tool. If, if I'm, I'm starting to see how you can use all this in different ways of providing a really kick-ass comprehensive report for pr- prospective buyers. Right, Tim? Yeah, that's true. Matter of fact, let me give you a, a good example where I use it with the buyer. That really is a powerful example. And again, this is not the macro level. This is the micro level. Okay. Yep. Basically, in the, in the, you know, this is when now the market has kind of recovered a little bit out here in in our area. So it's not quite the way it was. But for a while there, it was tough getting homes sold. One of the uh, the data points that we look at is called one of the graphs is called the odds of selling, uh, which is what percent of the homes listed over the last year have sold. And if it's 30% or lower, it's going to be a tough sell. If it's 60% or higher, that says you're going to have a pretty easy time getting it sold. Now, we have areas in our city that sell as high as 90%, which means those areas are hot. We have several other examples that sell as low as 15%. But this is during the time where there's lots of foreclosures, lots of tough sells. Um, I had a a customer call me up. Um, He was a good client of mine, basically, and said, I need you to help um, my son. Uh, and his wife buy a property, and of course I said, "Be glad to do that. Let's go ahead and 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 take care of that." Anyway, gave them a call, brought them in. We did a, what we call a buyer interview to really understand what their needs are, and got a pretty good idea what their price range was. Got them pre-qualified, all that good stuff, and pretty much we were ready to go shopping. So we had planned to spend the upcoming weekend to start looking at properties. Obviously, at this time of the uh, of the market, there were tons of properties available for sale. Okay, lots of things out there. Anyway, I noticed the property came online that looked like it was a perfect match for them. And I looked at it, and I just kind of said, wow, that seems kind of priced kind of low for what, what they want and what they're looking for. This is kind of interesting. So what I did was I went into that subject properties neighborhood. I put all the homes that sold recently on a scattergram, had the little trend line, and this property is way below the trend line. So even in this market where there's tons of properties available for sale, there was an incredible buy. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, this is going to be – this is a perfect property for them. And on top of that, it's an incredible buy in this market. How am I – now, if I had not had the visual pricing system and a scattergram pricing tool so they can actually see the results, I would be like – I would be – there's no, no opportunity I would help have, have – to help them buy this great property at a great price in that kind of market. Okay. So needless to say, I gave them a call. I said, you guys, you guys got to see this. They came over, they sell, saw it, they fell in love with it. Okay. But here's the thing about it, Tim. I had to convince these first time buyers to buy the first property they looked at. Okay. And on top of that, not only was it, 
not only did I have to convince them to put a contract on the first property they looked at, I had to convince them to put a full price offer in. And this is in the market where there's tons of inventory. Um, and so in, on top of that, I had to eventually talk to their parents and get them convinced that what we did was the right thing. And without the scattergram tool, there's no way we would have did that. There's no way we would have been able to, com- able to accomplish that with the buyer. And uh, um, eventually, of course, I did take them out and take a look at more properties on that weekend after they had already put an offer in and gotten under contract just to help them feel more comfortable about what they had bought. But, man, if I had not had the visual pricing system, I would have spent tons more weekends showing them properties that wouldn't have compared to this property. And on top of that, they would have missed a great property at a great price. So there's a well, great here's example what I wrote where this tool is really here, cool for here's buyers what I wrote as well. Down. I- I think I've got a good summary for you here, okay? This is something actually Julie thought of years ago when we were on stage one time. I was like, she ran up there, and we were in front of probably 800 agents, and she said this, and I was like, damn, that's good. Knowledge equals confidence. (laughs) Ignorance equals fear, okay? I mean, that's what you're describing. Knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. That's the bottom line. And, you know, the reason I I, I like stuff like this is because, like, you know, you're going to be – listeners, you're going to be facing off against somebody, even if you're analytical – Who's going to make you look like you're, you know, an imbecile because they're so much more analytical than you? And a lot of these sellers, they're going to basically have done their CMA ahead of time, have done their research, and they might just be basing – I say basing too often, but they might be making their decision purely on your CMA. Because in their mind, if you're not detail-oriented enough to do a really kick-ass CMA, no matter how good you are at everything else, maybe you're expressive and you're friendly and you're all the rest of it, you love their dog, their dog loves you. But when you get to the CMA presentation, it's just a normal hackish job. They're not going to hire you, and you're never going to know why, and you're just going to make excuses why you didn't get the listing, whereas the reality of it was is you may have checked all the boxes on presentation skills, on having the, the, you know, the PLP done, the this, that, and the other, but you didn't get the CMA thing done correctly. You didn't have that aspect of it, which in that seller's mind was the most important thing. You're not going to get that business. I love how Tim gave you guys an example of how to use that with buyers. I mean, my mind was bouncing off the walls thinking about, yeah, that's awesome. It's, and, you know, the funny thing is, is that as an, he was using that example because he was saying, look, first-time buyer who are always gun-shy, right? They're always a little bit fearful of making a mistake. And you have basically this new listing, so now they're feeling pressure because there might be some other buyers that are coming around the bend. And you know you are trying, and you know it's a great deal for them. Well, if you listeners are in that situation tomorrow, I mean, you might have some good scripts, but if you don't have a real drilled down, long term, like you know, great relationship with these people, they're not gonna, you know, it's gonna be hard to get them to buy, isn't it? They're gonna, they're gonna be reluctant if they don't know the market to trust your opinion. Right? Not because they don't necessarily trust you. They just don't want to make a mistake. You've all been in this situation. If you're new in real estate, you're going to be in this situation tomorrow. Just remember I told you this. The only way to offset that is, yes, have skills, know what to say and how to say it. But it's to provide analytical data to back up your opinions. You can say, listen, this is the best house ever. This checks all the boxes for you. It's priced 15% under market or whatever it is. It really is what you've been looking for. And by the way, here's the data to back it up. Not only are they going to buy the house, but that takes you in a totally entirely different level. And this is a, you know, selling real estate is an emotional business. It's in your emotions, listeners, and it's the emotions of the buyers and the sellers and everyone else that you're working with. And this tool and tools like this give you the confidence. And that confidence basically radiates. It makes it so that you are anxious. I mean, just think about this, guys. If you're going on a listing appointment tomorrow and you don't have a kick-ass CMA, you've got everything else done correctly. <laughs> now I'm making you feel insecure. So hopefully I'm you – know, if you are going on a listing appointment tomorrow, you still have time to really make a kick-ass CMA. 
but the point is, is that the better you are and the better content you have, the more confident you're going to be. And in some cases, you go and maybe you're not necessarily operating on all cylinders, and you walk in the seller's house, you're dragging a little bit, but your content is so kick-ass, it's going to cover for you. So this is kind of like the next-level stuff that I want all of you guys to embrace or at least consider. On the website, timandjulieharris.com, we're going to do a link so that you guys can go to his website. And this isn't a very expensive uh, uh, product either, is it, Tim? No, it's not. Matter of fact, Tim, you said so many things there. I want to make a couple comments here. But, we only, is, but we, only have, we only have two minutes. We only have two minutes. So I'm going to wrap. Yes, Tim. Yep, absolutely. Okay, okay yep. but so as, as far as like what – just so they know, what is the price? Oh, oh, it's a subscription-based service, twenty-five dollars mm-hmm. a month, um, or if you want, you can go for a, a, an annual subscription, which is two hundred fifty dollars a year, and that saves you fifty dollars for the year. Okay, it's not like PC, a single license thing. What, yes, we have a ton of brokers to and office. Ma- yeah. So yes, what if a broker wanted to, to do it for their office? Yeah, we do have corporate uh, memberships, which are basically have discounted based on that. It's kind of based on the number of realtors, and we have a lot of corporate Got realtors it. that. And they can do it. Uh, we can talk to you about that individually. Okay, perfect. I love it. Okay, this is great. I mean, these are just the little sort of success hacks that you guys should always be looking for. It's going to make you give you that much more of an edge over your competitors. It's going to give you that much more confidence. And hey, you know what? Sometimes the difference between you guys being successful and not being successful, because in real estate, hate to tell you this, but there is only one winner and there's only one loser. It's the person that gets the sale. Um, if it gives you that much more of an edge, even if it's just like 5 or 6% edge over the, your competition, you get the business. That's all you really need. So look, always be looking for constant ways to improve. And generally speaking, it's these types of ways that, you know, it's, it's a street. This will take st- – hypothetically, this will remove stress from the presentation because you're going to be more confident in what you're presenting to the seller. And if you're sitting across from Mr. Data from Star Trek, well, you've got them covered. <laughs> so listen, guys, go to the website. If you're on iTunes, do me a favor. Give us a positive feedback and positive rating. If you're on our website, obviously, um, I want you to remember to download the six free books, those six lead generation books. Those are free. Just fill out the form. I'm going to email those to you guys. And you also have an opportunity to schedule a free coaching call with one of our new member coaching consultants. And when you're there, if you're interested in taking your CMA to the next level, definitely consider looking into what Tim has to offer. I, like I said, I generally speaking will not have folks on the radio show who have not uh, been, uh, you know, basically been providing great levels of service to our listeners and mostly to our, our clients, our members, our coaching clients. And when I find somebody who is like Tim, then I'm definitely going to share it with all of you guys. So, Tim, listen, thank you very much for being my co-host on today's radio show, and I wish you continued success. I appreciate the fact that you had a great idea and that you figured out a way to make it into a business. You're selling at a, a you know, frankly, a, a no-brainer price at $25 a month. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the fact you took your, your thinking, you're obviously a very smart man, and you took that and you've, you're sharing that, your idea, you're sharing that with the real estate community, and I think that's fantastic. You're a true entrepreneur. So thank you very much for being my co-host today. Thank you, Tim. appreciate being on the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.